0: Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds.
1: Admiral James Stavridis is a retired four-star U.S. Naval officer and so much more. Let me just remind, because it's been a while since he's been on the program, uh, of some of that which is reflected on his CV. He is currently Vice Chair, Global Affairs and Managing Director of the Carlisle Group, that's a global investment firm. He's the 12th chair of the Rockefeller Foundation Board. He previously served as the 12th dean of the Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy at Tufts University and, oh yeah, was the 16th Supreme Allied Commander of NATO with responsibility for Afghanistan, Libya, the Balkans, Syria, counter piracy, and cybersecurity. He was vetted by Secretary Clinton as a potential running mate in her 2016 campaign, then summoned to the Trump Towers after Donald Trump won the election to sound out whether he wished to play a role in the Trump administration. And as if we could forget, he was the keynote speaker at the unconvention in Philadelphia, and the rave reviews from his remarks continue to come in. This is Admiral James Stavridis. Admiral, thank you so much for being here. Happy New Year, and I did give you the out. I extended the offer, and and you thought about it, and you agreed that as your schedule permits, on Tuesdays in the second hour, you will be my guest each and every week.
2: I'm very excited to do that. I do have to add one thing to that uh, very kind introduction. Uh, Over the Christmas holiday, my seven-year-old granddaughter, Wait for it! Beat me at battleship. (laughs) Well, but wait a minute! Did she say (laughs) I sunk your
1: battleship?
2: He absolutely did. <laughs> Seven years old, the next generation of military leader coming along. Because,
1: so. you know, those are the magic words. I, I always I love that game. And I think I saw you on television and noted that it was like on on the bookshelf yeah. behind you. So I think that's so yeah. that is really great. <laughs> Good stuff. Admiral, among other things, you write for Bloomberg. You just published under the headline, Expect the Unexpected in 2023, Cyber Attacks and the Next COVID. You laid out some of the big worries in terms of global security. You say they're pretty obvious. What's at the top of your list?
2: Well, I think the three obvious ones are Ukraine, Russia. And the the real concern there would be, Either Putin's military gets its act together and starts pushing back, or he becomes more desperate, perhaps reaches for a tactical nuclear weapon. That basket of risk, I think, will will come to fruition, unfortunately, uh, after the winter in the spring. Uh, Obvious risk number two would be China continuing its growing campaign of pressure against the island of Taiwan. And I think obvious risk number three would be Something in Iran and the Middle East, uh, the regime feels itself under extreme pressure from the uh, protests, which just are not going away, led largely by women in that country, very courageous women, that could reach into a lash out by Iran. Um, I think, Michael, those are the obvious risks. The two that I talk about in the column in Bloomberg are cyber a risk of a, a significant wave of cyber attacks and a resurgence of some kind of variant on COVID. Those, I think, are the inobvious ones. Taken together, yeah, there's plenty of risk out there as 2023 unfolds.
1: I have the print edition of today's New York Times on my console in front of me, and page one above the fold, Ukrainian strike exposes mistakes by Putin's forces. It talks about how 63 Russian soldiers are presumed dead from a Ukrainian missile strike, rocket strike. My question for you, a story like that, and of course, none of us root for for bloodshed on on any side of offense. But when you read a story that says that Ukraine was successful in taking out 63 Russian soldiers in the scheme of the war, is that good or bad news? I guess what I'm saying, Admiral, is on one hand, I'm happy for Zelensky's success. On the other hand, sometimes I don't want him to be too successful because I worry what the response might be.
2: Yeah, we we, if you'll permit me a nautical metaphor, we kind of sail a narrow sea here, meaning on the one hand, we 100 percent want the Ukrainians to succeed in this endeavor and do it in a way that liberates their entire country. Break, break. The other side of that narrow sea is we don't want to end up in a massive war or, God forbid, a nuclear war with Russia Uh, poised against NATO, the United States, which you could see scenarios into which we could stumble. So I think what we want to do here is stay in that narrow passage. And that means providing our Ukrainian friends the ability to do these kind of operations. Now, as to this specific event, uh, two points. One, um, the Russians say it was 60. That's coming from the Kremlin. You can reliably multiply that by five, I would say probably meaning 300 Russians were killed. I I base that on the consistent understatement by the Kremlin. Look at back to I sunk your battleship. When the Ukrainians sunk the flagship of the Black Sea Fleet, the Russians tried to deny that. 500 sailors died in that instance. So it's a big incident um, by any measure. But the second point is it occurred because of Russian mistakes. These were... These conscripts that have been pushed up to the front, they're classic cannon fodder. They're using their cell phones. They create a nexus of targeting that the Ukrainians uh, took advantage of. Uh, Big scheme of things, I, I am for the Ukrainians continuing to strike Russians and attack them anywhere Russians are inside the borders of Ukraine, which they were in this instance, where we ought to get concerned to conclude here, Michael, is if the Ukrainians start launching massive strikes into Russia itself, down that course lies some potentially significant escalation.
0: This is the Smirkanish podcast from Sirius XM.
1: Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit
0: buyatoyota.com. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. Listen to Michael Live, weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app.
1: High on your list of of the the obvious concerns, you said a potential Chinese attack on Taiwan, and then you also referenced the fact that China is now coming out of this zero COVID policy. Does the fact that they're struggling with COVID make it less likely that
2: there'd be an attack on Taiwan? Uh, No, I think the opposite as follows. Whenever an autocratic regime finds itself under pressure because of internal events that it has to explain to the population, uh, and in this case, the shift away from zero COVID is going to lead to a massive wave of death in a largely uninoculated population in China, unvaccinated population. Whenever an autocratic regime has to face that kind of internal pressure, there tends to be an event where that autocratic regime will lash out against um, an external foe to kind of rally the population, to distract the population. So unfortunately, I think we're in a period where it could be tempting to the regime in Beijing to put more pressure on and around Taiwan in order to misdirect the population's attention from what is going to be a very difficult period for them as they come out of zero covid
1: i remember in the early days admiral of well it was the spring of 2020 the early days of the pandemic when there was a lot of discussion in this country about herd immunity how how quickly can we get to herd immunity and and the brits for a while I remember uh, under Boris Johnson at least gave consideration to just letting the virus run rampant on the thought that the sooner everybody gets it, the sooner it will have no yeah. place to go. She seems to, President She seems to have gone in completely the opposite direction with this policy of isolation that seems from a distance destined to fail.
2: Yeah, and I think that um, also the Swedes took that, pop, that approach of, of, actually did, let the virus rip, and it, it came out reasonably well for them. In effect, we did to some degree that here in the United States. We kind of put it on two tracks. Um, we, we moved as quickly as we could to a vaccine, got it out there. But because we were in the early days, we suffered uh, over a million deaths in this country. So really, Xi has no good options here. I think what he will do because he has to get his economy moving. He will come out of the extreme draconian restrictions of zero COVID. He will move as quickly as he can to get more shots in arms, particularly of elderly Chinese. I think he'll obfuscate the actual numbers of deaths. We won't get accurate determinations on that. He'll do what he can to bolster the hospitals. But at the end of the day, China is going to drive toward herd immunity because there really is no other good option for them at this point that's going to lead to a lot of deaths presumably a lot of internal dissent and concern
1: what should be our response are are we doing what we should i mean they as you know they stayed away from the mnr the mrna vaccines should we be making ours more available to them
2: Uh, they are widely available Those vaccines can be purchased. Uh, Certainly, we ought to be in a position of uh, encouraging China to get those vaccines. Um, It would be the right thing for the Chinese to do. Part of their problem is they have taken a xenophobic approach which says uh, we're only going to use our own uh, produced vaccines, which, as you correctly point out, are not the high-end Uh, That we have from Pfizer and and Moderna and others, they're, if you will, older version vaccines. They're just not as effective. They're in the range of 60% at best compared to 90 plus percent for our vaccines. So, yeah, we ought to be encouraging China, which can certainly afford these vaccines, could even manufacture them uh, to do so because um, it will help the global economy. What we don't want Is China to go into a a kind of economic death spiral uh, laid on top of uh, a medical uh, high incidence of death? Because back to where we started the conversation, that could lead China to lash out against Taiwan. That's not what we ought to be seeking at this point. And finally, for
1: Admiral James Stavridis.
0: This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
2: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app.
1: And finally, for Admiral James Stavridis, what does your garage door opener have to do with national security?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's a great question. In the column in Bloomberg, I talk about, um, look how wonderful this is that I can open up my iPhone a thousand miles away and close my garage door if I forgot to close it when I drove away for Christmas. That's good news, right? And the reason you can do that is because of this vast Internet of Things. There are 50 billion devices connected to the Internet of Things. Only seven and a half billion people on the planet, 50 billion devices. Hooray, we can do all kinds of things. Here's the bad news. It's an enormous, undefendable threat surface, meaning a Russian hacker can get in through the most pedestrian, pedestrian, um, system anywhere in the world, and find his or her way to something they really want to take down. So we've got to get a lot smarter on cybersecurity. Recognize that it's a big, powerful tool, but it comes with real risk as well.
1: Admiral, I wish you all good things for 2023. Look forward to your appearances here, and can't thank you enough for the time commitment. See you next week. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, sir. Admiral James Stavridis, ladies and gentlemen, as I say. Vice Chair of Global Affairs and Managing Director for the Carlyle Group, current chair of the Rockefeller Foundation Board, 16th Supreme Allied Commander for NATO, vetted by Hillary to be her running mate, then the Donald wanted him to serve in a high level in the Trump administration once he won that election, and a superb speaker delivered our keynote address at the unconvention. Can we flesh out the conversation about what is of most concern globally For 2023, his piece, of course, made the cut for Smirkanish.com, the newsletter today. Admiral Stavridis says, as we assess the global picture, most troublesome, obviously, the Russia-Ukraine war, a second clear danger, a Chinese attack on Taiwan. I didn't get into it here on radio with him, but he addresses in print the intense popular unrest in Iran, a third level of consideration. At the top of his list of growing potential for global series cyber attack and also of particular concern, he says, is the situation in China where 1.4 billion people are abruptly being relieved from President Xi's Strict zero COVID policy without the kind of medical safety net provided by advanced mRNA vaccines, a strong hospital network capable of dealing with massive numbers of very sick people or a firm system to distribute palliative measures for the sickest.
2: The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds.
0: Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app.
2: Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesar's Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesar's rewards.